to the Eric Andrews Lang Show, everybody. Very excited to be here. We're doing the intro from Bermuda. Can I just say that, Jojo? We're in an undisclosed location within... Well, I was going to make a Bermuda Triangle joke, but now I feel like I should never do that again. Why? Because of all the wonderful people we've been speaking to. I'm just perpetuating... They don't want to be known for the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, they want to be known. Name three things about Bermuda that you now know that you did not know before this trip. Oh, man. I mean... I, 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 there's so many more than three. I'm going to say, I'm going to say one. one golf courses take up 7% of the <laughs> land mass of Bermuda. It's not in the Caribbean. Yeah. That was an important one. Yeah. And it's uh, cold in January. There's 219 cops. <laughs> <laughs> These are the facts I got. Um, we're very excited to release today's podcast with Jacques Cousteau, also known as Jacques Slade. Also known as Custo on Instagram. K-U-S-T-O-O. Shoe extraordinaire, kind of a sneakerhead. Yeah, and we dug deep into uh, his experience in golf, his experience in YouTube, his experience in footwear, and we're going to get to that in a second. But as always, very grateful to, very grateful and proud to be holding a lab putter every time I walk up to the greens. Because one thing that I'm probably more, I'm more confident in my putting than almost anything else in my life right now. <laughs> like, like I almost am more, like I'm more confident that I'm going to make a putt sometimes than I am make a flight. Yeah, you you start you've started going up to the greens with just abject confidence. Yeah. Um I will point out that you're also starting to go up to random people that we that we talk to on Adventures in Golf Shoots <laughs> and ask them to try the lab putter so yeah. you're taking your your brand ambassadorship seriously. I don't get a commission. You don't. No. You I should. get I get free putters and I get to hang with Sam, which is great. Um and we get to make great content together, but I don't I don't so but but we do we do have a discount if you're interested. Which is available to you, well, not now you, you can, Jojo, not not me, sadly. The listeners, not the talkers. Yeah, it's available at now, Jojo. Here's where you tell them where it is: randomgolfclub.com/lab. I think we finally got it to work. Simplified. Yeah. So um, if that doesn't work, just look at the link in the description of the podcast <laughs> because I know that will always work. Yeah. But best bet. Uh, you know what you do? Click the QR square. There isn't one. There isn't one. Anyway, uh, very excited to hang with Cousteau and. Um, We'll see you at the break. Yeah, again, I mean, we'll ready. see you in two seconds, and, just uh, back in time. And check in next week when we do a recap of this whole Adventures in Golf trip. Oh my god, which is going to be side splitting. Side splitting. This side, what, should we do two? Yeah, Let's we probably two. should. Yeah, we'll should we do two. it on the plane? I've always Let's do a plane I've pod. Always wanted to. Let's do it. Have you ever done one? It's. I think so. You've done one like while it was in the air. I think so. I would love to. We should do it. We should be um, IO window, and hopefully someone's sitting <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> hopefully they play golf. We'll see you at the break. I don't know how to introduce you because we're just like Instagram friends and I'm a fan of yeah. like everything you make. And I, and I have a lot of questions about it. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, I don't, Jojo, why don't you do the intro? Well, I'm not going to do the intro. Welcome to the Eric Andrews Lang well, Show. I'll do the intro. I'll do the intro. <laughs> Yo, welcome to the Random Golf Club podcast. Uh, how have you guys been? Uh, we're glad to be back. It's always good to see your faces, although we can't really see your faces, but it's good to hear your voices and to see your comments. Uh, I'm Jacques Slade, known as Cousteau. You can find me on the internet. I'm on Bumble, like Farmer Needs a Wife, all those places at Cousteau. Uh, here with my man Eric and my boy Jojo. You know, you know how they do, and we're here just to talk golf and talk life, and you know, hopefully give you something of value. Uh, I'm the unofficial like black brother for the uh, Random Golf Club, so uh, this is my introduction. Let's get into it. First question, Jacques, do you do you have a podcast? 
I do not have a podcast. Second, wow. second question. Wow. Would you like to replace me on this? Wow. One? wow. <laughs> Dude, that was like an incredible intro right there. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. How do you not have a podcast? That. You have all these mics. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when I do like Zoom calls, because, you know, I'm fucking artsy and shit. And so I feel like everything's got to be high quality and, and sound great. So like even right now, like I have this going through like a mix pre three and it's going into <laughs> the computer and doing the Zoom call because I feel like I got to be like real legit and shit. And then this one is because I saw everybody on the Internet using that one. Yeah. And so I was like, let me get one of these as well. And so, yeah, I don't I don't have a podcast. I just I don't know. If you did, that if I've you did have a podcast, what would it be called? Oh God, that's a that's a great question. Maybe like maybe hard pass, kind of like the show that hard I have. Maybe pass. just call it hard pass. I like that. So okay, so we got to back up here. So um, Jacques Slade, your Instagram handle is K U S T O O Y. So there is a famous French oceanographer by the name of Jacques Cousteau. And uh, when I was in high school, I thought it would be super cool to spell it K-U-S-T-O-O, but that's not how you spell it in French. It's like C-O-U-S-T-E-A-U, I believe, in French. Mm -hmm. And so I spelled it Cousteau, K-U-S-T-O-O. I put two O's on the end because that made it way cooler than just one. Uh, but the problem is, as an adult, people call you Cousteau, <laughs> uh, and you have to correct them. Um and and like they're technically correct, but you know you you just get an attitude about it. Like no, it's Cousteau, obviously. Like Jacques Cousteau. Like hello, people. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. Like just don't sound it out. Just feel it out. Yeah, just feel it out. There you go. <laughs> that is how I'm going to say it from now on. Feel, feel it, it out. out. Don't 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 sound it out. Feel it out. Yeah. And and um, but you love golf. I love it absolutely. And we'll get into that, but, but like, just, just, just to set the stage, like, when did you know that you loved golf? Um, I knew that I loved golf when, gosh, I guess I started spending a lot of money playing. <laughs> like, you don't really think about it. Like, oh, we'll play every, every couple of weekends. And then you start playing more and more and more. And then you look back and you go like, damn. I spent like two grand playing golf this year. Yeah. Like I've well, never played two up. grand to play a sport. You're not supposed to add it up. I think shock. I don't think, I think no, that's I can't, Well, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I need to talk to past shock. That's such a sneakerhead thing to say because you're just like always aware of the financials when you get into like sneaker collecting, buying and selling. Like that's part of it, right? Like understanding the economy of all of it. Yeah, so like I, I'm not, I don't participate heavily in the in the sell side. I, I, I'm like a consumer slash advocate for sneakers, but I don't do a lot of the selling stuff just because it never, it never, it's, it's just something I'm just not interested in. Like I'm not interested in making money that way off of sneakers. Just didn't interest me. You're, you're a, you're a receiver. I am a receiver. You're, I am a receiver. It's not a transaction for you. Of sneakers. Yeah. It's a transaction. <laughs> you're a collector. You're not like um you're not like uh trying to generate a profit. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not a I'm not a reseller. They call them resellers in the sneaker world. I'm not a reseller. I don't know if they have the equivalent of that in golf. I don't know if they have golf like but I feel like golf stuff is more like probably refurbishing old stuff than it yeah. is like reselling stuff, if that makes sense. You know, when you said when you said you knew you loved golf after you realized how much you spent on it, it really made me think. You know, I, I once heard this definition of love is like love is an action. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, you know, like the, a receipt is like um, 
you know, remnants of an action. Like you, 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 you realize like, oh my goodness, I have been doing this so much that I must love it. And, and I think there was, I don't do drugs anymore, but, um, there was a time when my, my agent who's all, who also doesn't do drugs anymore. One time we were like laughing, we were, we were playing golf and we were thinking about, man, if you could, if you could know right now the exact amount of money you spent on golf, like, would you want to know? But what really made us scared was when we thought about if you knew all the money you spent on drugs, like, would you really want to know? And either way, both of those, but for you, it's probably sneakers. That's probably buying a far and away. Like, what would you estimate on sneakers you've spent? Can you dare you? Oh, no, I can't. I can't. I, w- <laughs> I would not. I would not. It like it's it's probably it's embarrassingly high. Right. Like this. This is just like right behind me. This is like a quarter of the sneakers that are in just this room. So I have sneakers here. I have sneakers there along the wall. There's a stack over there. And then there's a shelf full here. And then I have like decorative sneakers in my like living room set that I have here in my studio. And then I have a 10 by 16 storage unit that's packed to the brim with sneakers. Okay. So we're like a room within a room and, and, but like, so what, what is this? What is your job? Do you have a job? Do you, or is it just sneakers? It's not sneakers. Uh, yeah, it's in, it's in sneakers. So like, I'm a sneaker content creator in a sense. Okay. So I uh, started on YouTube back in 2013 because uh, I got fired <laughs> from a job. So I started making videos on the Oh, so I was working in sneakers. So I was, I was a writer for, uh, I won't say their name, for a sneaker content website back when websites were big. And, um, I hate telling the story, but uh, so ESPN invited me to come talk about Jordan's uh, on Jordan's birthday. So they emailed me and said, hey, we want Jacques to come talk about Jordan's sneakers on ESPN. So I let my boss know, hey, ESPN emailed me and they want me to come talk about Jordan's on his birthday. Uh, My boss at the time, him and his wife, felt that he should go on ESPN and talk about sneakers, about Jordan's sneakers. And, you know, I, back then I wasn't as uh, politically correct with my words. And so, you know, we talked back and forth about things. Uh, You know, I didn't know the business terms of saying what the fuck you mean. I didn't know how to say that politically back then. (laughs) They didn't have chat. I wasn't as eloquent. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I I wasn't as eloquent. And, um, by the end of that weekend, I no longer had access to my email, and that's how I found out I got fired. That Whoa. next Monday, I put up a, my own video on my YouTube channel, and uh, things kind of just grew from there. So was it good news? The, that you got fired? The YouTube channel? or Yeah. Oh, oh, 100%. Like, the life that I live now, I would have never lived this life if I already kept that job. Like, don't get me wrong. The first couple of years were terrible. Like, it was, like, struggle bus, struggle city, like, taking pictures for the city at their local community events and taking pictures of their exercise classes for their for their community magazine and, like, weddings and parties and little things like that just to make, just to make ends meet. But, you know, once things started popping, things start, probably started really happening for me in 2016, 2017, and I've never looked back. Like, I've never... Like the things that I've been able to do as a content creator, uh, because I started my own channel, were it, it's beyond anything I would have ever, ever, ever imagined. Yeah, that's so cool, man. That's like, 
<clears throat> sometimes you get kicked out of the nest. Yeah. You know, cause I would, if he would have, if he would have just kept me and like, cause I was already doing videos for them. Yeah. If they would have just, if they would have like, if he would have been like, Oh, I'll let you go on ESPN. I would have came back happy. Like, I think I was probably making like 50, 60 grand a year at the time. And I would have been perfectly happy. I'd been perfectly fine. Yeah. And you might've stayed there for years and then built his business built his business up and yeah. totally missed out on this. Like, like this thing, this is content creator has bought, it's bought me a house. It's, it's got cards. It's paid off my debt, like paid like kids, college tuitions. Like I've been able to help family. Like this is like, I, I can't like I fucking did. Jeff Goldblum came to my house and did an unboxing, a sneaker unboxing with me in my studio, in my loft. Like, that like that I've been on TV I've been in movie like all of that just because of that one decision of me deciding to like you know what I'm gonna go ahead and try and do this on my own and putting up that next video myself obviously there's a lot of work in between there and all those things happening but without without me getting fired none of that happens yeah what what's your favorite uh, line that Jeff Goldblum's ever said in a movie uh, in a movie gosh um. I don't. I can't there, think of one right off. I'm, the top I'm, of my head. I'll, I, there's two that come to my mind. It's going to a very particular place one, here. One is JoJo has one because we were just in Hawaii, you know, and Goldblum was in Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's uh, yes. Life finds a way, and that was good. Life finds a way. Yeah, I mean, I got yeah, yeah. But if you want to go, if you want to go back in time, do you know? Do you know the first line Jeff Goldblum ever said in a movie? I mean, he had oh, one God, line. Come on, give it to us. He had one line. One line. So it wasn't the big chill. He was already nope, somebody. It then. was before that. It was one, his whole movie debut was one line. And he's at a party on a, on a phone during a party in LA. And it's in Annie Hall, which is Woody Allen's like rom-com. And like the camera's walking past him and he's just on the phone and he goes, remind me, what's my mantra? And that's his only line in the, anyway, whatever. No what's way. Goldblum like? I've seen, have you seen Goldblum do the jazz night uh, over on um, Vermont, you know, at, the, at that bar there? I have it, but he, but we talked about it when he was here because I'm a pseudo like lyricist musician kind of myself. So I was like super interested in that part of his life. But as far as what he's like, what you see in the movies is what you get. Yeah. Like that's, that's who he is. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by the, the nuances of his personality being pretty much the same, whether he's on or off camera. Yeah. He's just very chill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I saw him once at one of those shows, and like he has quite a presence. You know what I mean? Like he's like it's, gangly, large, big features. Like you know, like he's just kind of like in there. You know? Yeah, it's it's super. He's he's super a super fun guy. Every yeah, I, I, the I, there's no other way to explain it. But like everything you expect him to be is what he is. So, so my question is with these, um, we'll get to the golf in a minute, but, um, you know, y you, you have these videos where you run into someone on the street and then, yes. and then have you seen these Jojo? I, no, I have not seen. So these. what's really funny, Jacques, is that I don't know how I, there, there must've been some kind of golf thing that I found you in. And I was like, Oh, like I, I, I'm into this guy's voice. Right. And like you as a creator, but like. I didn't get the full story of Jacques. Like, I didn't know that you used to work at some company. Obviously, I didn't know you got fired. I didn't know you started your own channel. And um, 
so I was following you for the golf content. And then all of a sudden I was like watching this guy like <laughs> run into people on the street and be like, hey, are you so-and-so? And it was like, it turns out it's this famous like sneaker head. And then you'd say, hey, do you, do, do you mind? Like, oh, you asked them about the shoes on their feet and you say, what are those? And then you'd be like, do you mind if I come look at your collection? And they'd be like, sure. And like, it's this really like visceral first person experience of like, of like discovery, you know, and like, um, yeah. and I'm just like wondering, like, you know, first of all, like it, it it's staged, right? Can, can I ask you that? I mean, are we, I mean, can, I can cut it out can, if you can want. Can we keep that behind the curtain? Can we keep that behind <laughs> the curtain? If people assume that it's real, are people, I mean, people have to assume that it's not real at this point because there's so many different variations of it. Like I found it through Caleb Simpson, who does the apartments in New yeah. York. Like, Dude, I love that guy. That does it. He's the yeah, one that's, um, what's his account? Like Mysteries of New York or something? Or Unseen New York? No, I think it's just his name. Caleb, just Caleb Simpson. He's the one that's like, this looks like an apartment, but it's actually a subway ventilation system. No, you're thinking of someone else. Uh, oh, that might be somebody else. Yeah, Jacques is thinking of like, there's this whole genre of internet content. The big one was the car guy, Daniel Mack. Oh, there was a car guy? Yeah, oh, and, he, I didn't know and he'd go guy. up and be like, hey, what do you do for a living? And, you know, they'd go to people in, yes. like, f fancy cars. And after, like, two years, it started to be with celebrities, obviously. And, you know, obviously it's staged. You know, he's not actually running into a celebrity every week. And the apartment guy isn't running into a, a secret gem, $2,100 for a month in, you know, East Village. <laughs> Amazing apartments. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people are re reaching out to him. That's like the girl that does the, uh, the there's a new, uh, I can't think of her name, but she does running content where she's like, hey. Uh, Lydia Lou. If you run, if you run two miles, if you run a mile with me, I'll buy you any pair of shoes that you want. Lydia Lou, she works with On. Lydia Lou, oh, or Hoka. Yeah, she, Hoka, her stuff. I can't remember Hoka or On. That's bad branding, I guess. <laughs> Echo Golf. <laughs> she's um. Yeah, but she's doing some really cool stuff. Her stuff is good. She's cool. Yeah, like like again, and I don't. I mean, I do run, but like I don't really want for running content. But like, I remember, yeah, she was like in Amsterdam, and she's like, "Come with me for a run," and I was like, "Happily, where are we going?" You know, and like. Yeah. Kind of similar to the um, to the adventure through someone's you know shoe collection. It was this kind of concept of like, let's go on an adventure through town. We don't know where we're going. I can't. Yeah, find this yeah, it's, it's great. I love, I love, I love it. I love it. I, and like, obviously, it's obviously it's staged like everything else. But it's like I love like it's such it's good content. And you get to see and and relate to people in a way that you necessarily wouldn't have before. Yeah, I think that's why the sneaker thing. That's why the sneaker things work. So like the stories that people tell, like the most the the one that we've done that like has been getting a lot of attention, like in the community is this girl named Romy. She used to work at Kith, but like she got a tattoo of the Stan Smith on her arm because that's the shoe that her dad loved. And that's the shoe that her dad wore all the time. And so that's kind of like her dedication to him. So she has a Stan Smith tattoo on her arm, which is kind of like, you know, it's like, okay, these are, these are the stories of why sneakers are important to a certain segment of the population and that's like that's what i try to use that show to do to tell those stories of why sneakers are relevant why sneakers have the, why people have this personal connection to these things that most people use as just a utility this is the deeper story behind that and why it matters yeah i feel like i should be recording this i have like kind of a shoe collection you should be you, you should really? be doing a closet clean out i i like Jacques, shoe, I feel like you need concept. to come to Austin and we need to run into each other on the street. Dude, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. it like 100%. What size, 100%, like, what size like, shoe do you wear? I'm an 11. Oh, okay. 11, 11 and a half. Wait, y'all should do this right now. Like, you could start the clip. I'll give you the footage, Jacques. 
of you being on the podcast and you'd be like, hey, do you have a shoe collection? <laughs> and they could just cut directly from the podcast. Like, that'd be really Pop funny. Up. It'd be funny to do a podcast and be like, this podcast is basically the time I'm going to spend traveling to my guests. <laughs> the commute. That's interesting. Yeah. And then when they arrive, the podcast is over. <laughs> and that's it. Go, go out to eat. And that's it. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for coming along the journey. I have a question. So do you, so like the amount of energy it takes to learn about, I mean, it's obviously energy that you don't yearn for. You, you have the energy for sneakers and shoes, but like, do you collect anything else? Are you like a collector or is it really just shoes? I think it's really just shoes. I'm not, I'm not a collector in that sense. Um, it's more of, yeah, I would say more shoes. Like, Yeah. Shoes, shoes. Okay. I have cameras, but that's not the same. I, I, I just got into vinyl, and and the reason why I bring this up is I. Are you into vinyl at all, Jacques? I have like five vinyl records, and that's it. Okay. Eric's obsessive is another way of putting it, like in a great way, in most most in most ways, a great way. He got in vinyl like two weeks ago. We went to a vinyl store, like a couple <laughs> days after that, <laughs> and he bought all the vinyl in the store. I, f- I found something last night. You're going to fucking die. Can you see my screen, Jojo? Look at what I found last night. What does that say? Is it backwards or is it forward? Oh Beatles? God. Oh, Beatles, Sergeant Pepper? Is that yeah. really? With the first pressing? Is it like signed? A, it's a $5,000 record. Thick. Yeah. It's a $5,000 record. And I was I saw Are it and I... It? No, I obviously wasn't going to buy it. I don't think I spent more than $49 on a record, but like... Five thousand. Wait, but then do you remember we were in Sweden like six months ago, and I went to a record store? And do you remember what I bought at the record store? Fleetwood Mac. Signed. Signed, supposedly. <laughs> wow, well, but, but I'm just kind of getting. It's like thirty bucks. It can't be. It can't be. But like, would you ever? What do you think about someone who buys a pair of five thousand dollars sneakers? Do you own a pair of five thousand dollars sneakers? I. Probably do. I didn't buy them for that amount. Okay, but they probably they're probably they could probably be appraised at that amount. But I I haven't I haven't spent more than I spent seven fifty on a pair of shoes. That's okay. the most I've ever spent on a pair of shoes. That's a lot for a guy. It, definitely a lot. That's a that's a that's a ton of money for a pair of shoes. What, is your do you have like is there a special company that like underwrites all the shoes in your house like for insurance? Like what if there's a a fire or something. Yeah, we. I mean, we we have. I have insurance as part of like as part of like the business because like all, all of, at this point they're a business expense for me. So everything one one everything's written off and then everything's covered under my like my business insurance policy. Yeah. So if there's a fire tomorrow, maybe maybe you are just like, hey, I just want to get cash for all these shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which it would be hard to because like part of it. Part of the reason why I keep all these shoes around is like it's kind of it's kind of my job as well. You know what I mean? It's like right. if you reviewed clubs and you need to go back to the the Big Bertha just to compare the sound to the Nike Covert, like you need to have those kind of things just sitting somewhere. So that's kind of why I have a lot of this stuff still here. I, I would rather not honestly have all of it here because it it's a lot. Um, but I think everyone, if I need to reference something, if I need to reference like the Jordan three from 2011, like I have a pair of those in the storage unit and I can go to those and compare them to, Oh, Jordan brand just released a new version of those. Here's the two side by side. Here's what's different. The toe box is shaped different. The cushioning is different. They use a different kind of leather versus smooth leather versus tumbled leather or any of that kind of 
like nu- the nuances of that kind of stuff. Should we go to a quick break? We'll be right go back. To break. You want me to throw? Want me to throw it to a break? No. Throw it to a break. <laughs> yeah, break. To a break. Exactly. You could throw to a break, and, <laughs> and while you're throwing into a break, if you could just shout out Echo Golf Shoes, you know that would be that would be perfect. Echo Golf Shoes. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, thanks for checking out the uh, Eric Andrews like, Random Golf Random Golf Podcast. Uh, we'll be right back. We're gonna uh, check in with our sponsor, Echo Golf Shoes. Uh, they're great on the course, and you know what? They're actually kind of good off the course as well. You should check them out. We'll be right back. They actually are. Like, I have a very wide foot, and they have a wide toe box. I don't know what your foot is shaped like, Jacques. I haven't seen it, you know, um, in person. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever do foot reviews? That's a whole different thing. Um, It's a very lucrative business, I'm sure. (laughs) Different different (laughs) website. Sorry for the interruption, folks. I just wanted to take a second to ask you about your club's extended warranty. You don't need do actually do Tacomas come with an extended warranty? Um I what I'll tell you is I'll tell you the name of the guy you should hit up if you'd want them back, but you never would. You wouldn't want to return them. Everyone I know who's gotten them loves them. And there's some iron stuff going on in the news today. Yeah, I mean, you know who's not getting sued by TaylorMade? <laughs> it's it's Tacoma. Tacoma. Um yeah, I mean we are very excited to announce another year of partnership with Tacoma. We ran into Sebastian and Eunice in Orlando during the PGA show. And there's actually a lot of fun ideas from a content perspective that we're going to do this year. We're not going to say them. Right I, now. I was kind of open to it, but yeah. yeah you want right. to say them? Why don't we just say the names of them? Well, you can't. Well, okay, go ahead. Yeah, the Tacoma Challenge. That's going to be good. Tour Story. Tour Story. And that should raise some um, some ears. Yeah. Eyebrows, eyebrows, ears, yeah, maybe pants. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> roofs. And we're not going to say the last one because it, it'll give it away. Otherwise, go to TacomaGolf.com. You know what happens at the start of the new year, folks? Do you know? Every small business is asking themselves the same question: What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, LinkedIn Jobs knows that you're asking that question, and they also know that your success depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals. You know, hey, look, intercut here, Sam. I met Sam on LinkedIn. Sam Hong? Sam Keston. Sam Keston. Oh, yeah. So yeah, one, of our, one of our newest team members. You met him on LinkedIn? I met him on LinkedIn. Yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, I sourced his ass. But LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals. Also, I've heard it's kind of the new dating app. I was going to ask, should we greenlight like a show where people meet on LinkedIn? Yeah, I'm trying to get linked up. Can you... <laughs> Can you slide it? Are there DMs on LinkedIn? There are, dude. And I use them. Anyway, hiring is easy when you have that many great quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Um, you know, so for us, obviously, we are loving LinkedIn. I'm a big fan. I did not realize you hired Tim through LinkedIn. You're still freaking out. I'm freaking out about that. <laughs> you're up. You're on there on the boards. Just well, see, I back. Around. I did. I did him. I oh, yeah. I didn't find him top down. Yeah. I went bottom up. Yeah. Well, you, I LinkedIn. I'm going to go ahead and say it. So I was searching companies yeah. that did what I wanted to be doing, and then I found people that did the things at those companies that I need someone to do at our company, and then I. And you were able to to link up on LinkedIn. So if you're either a small business searching to expand the team or if you're a sharpshooter sharpshooter or you're looking for a new job. I mean, Keffer knows. What do you need when you go fishing, Keffer, to win? What do you need to catch a fish when you go fishing? You need tackle. You need bait. You need a fishing rod. So go to LinkedIn.com slash EAL show. 
linkedin.com slash eal show to cast your reel and reel, reel them in <laughs> yank them in what's the biggest fish you never caught kevin yeah <laughs> <laughs>
right? 27. 27. It's been 27 years. And, and apparently the rumor is that Nike did offer uh, Tiger a renewal. And it was going to be um, $100,000 a year. Rest of his and life. For the rest of his life. As a as a athlete of, of Tiger's caliber? As a slap in the face. Yeah. That's what I heard. Holler at your boy. That's what, it's that's, insulting. That's from it's uh, insulting. That's from unconfirmed sources. And even even if like okay, for the rest of your life. Okay. Cool, cool. That's one thing. But you have a building named after me on your campus. Yeah. And you want to offer me a hundred thousand dollars? Like regardless of, I, if I never win another tournament in my life, I've done more for your golf division. Yeah. Than you've done for your golf division. Yeah. Like don't 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 play with me. Like I like it's and and that and I imagine that and like to Tiger, that's insulting. Because it's not it's not that Tiger needs the money. It's not like offer me a million dollars a year because I need a million dollars a year. At this point, like you're playing with the ego of one of the, like the most like the deadliest golfer to ever play the game. Yeah. Like you're, you're messing with his, his, his sports ego and his, his ego as a person now, like you're just insulting him at that point. And yeah. that, no, that makes sense at all. Of course I would be out too. Peace. Like, yo. Yeah. See when don't let, the, don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a hundred's low for sure. Like a hundred's too low. I like the thought of him as deadly though. That's, uh, who would you pick on the PGA Tour if you had to kill somebody? Like if the, I had to kill somebody? Yeah, like who would you like? I didn't mean, you, I didn't mean deadly like that, but well, I mean, you know, it just came to my mind. Like, like who do you think is going to get the job done? Oh, like they're assassin, or yeah. you have to kill them? No, no, they're they. Oh, they're you, assassin. You're I thought, hiring. I thought we were PGA. picking someone that we needed to kill on the no, PGA no, Tour, no, no, and no, I had answers, but I didn't want to say. Oh, no, you're you're picking a tour yeah, player. Yeah, I, I didn't have answers. That was very uncomfortable for a moment. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not the killers. They are. I have some great answers for yeah. You're picking a hitman, hitman on the PGA Tour, someone oh. who who can get the job done. Uh, I have one that the first one that popped in my head is is, is Scotty, Scotty Scheffler. He's the, he's the everyday man. He could fit in in pretty much any scenario. Very chill. He's not he's not over the top. He's not flashy. So I feel like he can get in and get out and get the job done. And no one, no one would even know he was there. Yeah. As opposed to someone like a a Colin, who's like this, like really nice, handsome. Not to say Scotty's not, but like this really nice, handsome guy. Like someone's gonna notice. Like, oh, like it's a handsome man walking through here. Like, yeah. Like you'll you'll notice him. Scotty, Scotty can get in and get out, and and no one, no one would notice. Scotty's like the hard to one ID. Would probably. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. He like kind of looks like a lot of different guys. Do. Yeah, and then the other one. um Who's a good one? Um, maybe Joel Damon, just because he's so fun, fun loving. People would never expect him. Yeah, like he's like he's so he he's almost he's not aloof, but he's kind of aloof. Yeah, in in perception, so people would like oh like he's you know he's he's beer ponging over there. Like there's no way that's the assassin. Yeah, I like that one. You got to pick Eric. Uh, you can go. I'll go. I'll go last. I think that like right in right up there, you should think about Min Lu, Min Wu Lee. Oh yeah, that's good. Because like he could get oh, in, he could get ooh. in the fucking air ducts and stuff. Yeah, and he's got the speed. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think JT Poston is a is a little bit of a. That's good. And then Billy Horschel, like 
Cause, cause he'll he'll just go right for it. He'd be know? angry about it. He'd be though. angry. He <laughs> would take the fall. He'd be angry. You know what I mean? Like, it. like there's loyalty and anger there, and I don't think he'll give you up, but it, it'll be more of a public display. Billy would like take it. He'd make it his cause. Yeah, exactly. He'd be like, "Someone hired me. You think someone hired me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this because I want to." That's hilarious. Yeah, I would pick uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez, <laughs> the mechanic. Yeah, because I think like he he'd be like. Sit down, have a cigar, and he'd like give you a glass of wine. It'd be very much like The Godfather, you know. He'd be like, "I invited you here because I have one job to do." I think that's a mistake to pick him because I feel like he—he's the kind of guy who will start to go about it, and then whoever he's killing will convince him not to, and then he'll double cross and come back out of you on some like you think so some morality stuff. Oh wow, yeah. Oh man, it's interesting. Whoa. Maybe so. Then I would hire Jay Whoa. Monahan because <laughs> because I, he could take both sides. He'd. <laughs> Oh God. Okay. Um yeah, so so we 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 started we started chatting a little bit and we don't need to get into the specifics of, of like what we were talking about online, but like, you know, Jacques, I think um the past few weeks, right, have been kind of interesting in terms of Yes. You know, because you you are obviously um you know, like tall. <laughs> tall. <laughs> No, I don't know. Where are we going? No, I was going to say like, like I was going to say like your your like the years that you've spent in sneaker culture and streetwear and all that stuff is like, you know, now coming to golf and you know mm-hmm. I love it. I think a, a lot of people love it. I I don't know. I guess a lot of people don't love it. And that was kind of one of the things that <laughs> you and I tapped into like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like. And I guess really where I want to start with is like, um, you know, like, uh, I guess Jason Day's pants, really. And, uh-huh. and this kind of like, I was laughing about it because, you know, he just wore some pants to a tournament and like, nope, every, no one could stop talking about these pants. And it, and it happened right around the time the Tiger left Nike. And so it was like really confusing. It's like, what's the storyline here for golf? It, the 2024 season had just started and you know, it's like, what's more important? Like is tiger not with Nike or is Jason day wearing Malbon pants with embroidered logos all over them. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't think we could have ever predicted back when, you know, we were in, when did you get into golf shock? Uh, I'll say 2013 is probably when I like, yeah. like started really paying attention. Like uh, we were around the same time. Right. Which is like way before like, you know, this news could have ever been imagined almost. So like, yeah, I guess like, w- w- like maybe before we get into that, actually, I'm kind of curious to know about like, how did you show up to the golf course when you got to the the game originally? Because I could imagine you were like, I don't really want to dress like the way the clothes in the pro shop are. What was that like? Exactly. I mean, it was, it was the same thing. We're just wearing, I, I would wear whatever I wore. Like I had the, I had the privilege of not, being good enough to be invited to like fancy golf courses and so i was happy i was playing at like executive courses and par threes and you know they don't care as much about what you wear you know you can't you know they won't let you roll up in a in a tank top but outside outside of that they really don't they really don't care so i mean that's pretty much what i was wearing uh you know t-shirts sometimes basketball shorts and a pair of 
pair of basketball shoes. I wasn't even really wearing golf shoes at the time back then. One, because I was like, I'm not good enough to wear golf shoes. So I don't really need, I don't need the traction because that's not going to change my swing plane at all. So it wasn't a big deal to me. And then as I got more into it and then I started working in golf professionally, that's when it like, I was like, all right, kind of like let's turn things up to 11 and really like show like there's an opportunity here for golf to look a lot different. Like I don't, and you know, no disrespect to the guys that like to dress this way, but whether you sell me insurance or you're playing golf, like there's sometimes not a distinction yeah. in the way that you dress. Yeah. That, that's in the beginning for me, I also had a really hard time with it. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't really want to wear a belt. I don't really want to wear a collar. And like now I've gotten over it. And I'm just like, whatever, I'll, I'll do whatever you need me to do to get on the fucking golf course. You know what I mean? Like I've sort of become that's like the thing that yeah. makes me so mad. That bothers me so much. <laughs> Why? I've got uh, some courses here in LA. It's like, Hey, can you wear a collar? Or like, do you have a collar under underneath the sweater? Just like, is that going to make me play better? Am I going to, is, is, is that, is that the key to me getting a, a 69? Cause if that's the case, I wear a collar every time I play this game. Yeah. But unless it's going to change my game, I don't know why does it why does it matter to you that I have a collar on because you want to justify charging your members half a million dollars to come play here so you want me to wear a collar but if I go into this 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 uh your lunch area and I hear how they who the hood with the whoopee ball that yeah. that's not collar behavior I totally agree yeah I mean I guess the one thing that changed is like on some level like there are options now where you don't need to, you can look a little bit better. You can, yeah, I think one of the things I heard last year, someone else said it, but it was like, you know, new golfers, right? Like you and I, when we were new, like we didn't want to change who we were when we came to the golf course. And, you know, for me, the, the funniest part is that I, I bought all my golf clothes at the thrift store and I don't know what was wrong with me, but I couldn't, I didn't, I, I would buy things because I liked them, not because they fit. And so I would have these like, mm -hmm. you know, I just looked, I looked very much like I had, I looked like I didn't, like I needed help getting dressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I looked kind of like I had escaped from, you know, a thrift store or something or like a hospital. Escaped from a thrift store. That's great. That's great. That's great. But yeah, I don't know. I just, but that's, you know what? I was going to say, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like the reason I guess I'm so adamant about this, again jojo widening of the aperture and as far as the way that golf looks is because there's a there's a generation there's a generation of people that play golf now that didn't play golf when they were kids and this generation they're they grew up loving hip-hop they grew up skateboarding they grew up doing things that were pretty anti-golf country club behavior and so all the nuances and characters characteristics of their personality that they grew up loving and being a part of why can't they bring that to the golf course because that's who they are yeah. so part of that is how they dress so like my my issue is not like okay you want me to wear a collared shirt if people that's their thing cool let them do that and that's great and i'm not saying come in cut up jean shorts and you know a pair of, of sandals like wear like something that's a, appropriate for like if you were going out anywhere else and looking nice but there's a there's there's characteristics of being a skateboarder that you don't want to have to give up just so you can play golf there's characteristics of growing up loving hip-hop growing up 
loving basketball, growing up, loving football, loving all of those things that you don't want to have to give up just to play the game of golf because someone wants you to wear a collar because that's the way it's been for the past certain amount of years. Let those nuances, I want like the nuances of Tony Hawk, the, the why I love Tony Hawk and the thing in the way that I've seen him, why can't I bring that same energy to the golf course? And it's just translated through the way that I dress. I just don't feel like there's a need to tamper the person that I am and the way I grew up and the things that I loved growing up, whether that's sneakers or whether it's yoga, like wh why do I need to tamper that in order to play this game? Yeah. And I, I just don't feel like that's appropriate. Well, what's interesting is like most sports do have a somewhat technical requirement of the apparel, right? Like soccer, it's like, you know, you can't wear five pocket jeans to play. I mean, I guess you could, but like, you know what I mean? And like football, you're going to wear pads, maybe a helmet, probably hockey, obviously. Like usually it's a uniform that serves a purpose. Whereas for golf, it's kind of like, uh, okay, so what do we, you know, I was like, you played Wilson before, right? Mm -hmm. Wilson Harding. So I remember I went to Wilson early on and I saw a sign that uh, was meant to address the, the dress code. And it said, um, pants required. That's all. That's all it said. Like you just, you just have to wear pants, guy. And I was like, so you're telling me, like I could come here with shorts, a glove, and and shoes, and I would be fine. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. You don't need a shirt. Um, but yeah, with with golf, it's really it is an interesting concept, right? Because it's like this is my golf is an amateur game, right? Like this is my time off. This is my leisure time, and. Mm -hmm the decision around the collar or the belt or all these things, it's, it has nothing to do with the function of the sport. It is very interesting. Nothing. If, if it, if it, again, if it made me play better, I'm in a collar, like I'm popping collars. I'm bringing collars for the staff <laughs> at the front desk. Like <laughs> if it's going to make me play better, but yeah. that's not, that's not the situation. Yeah. It has no effect on the actual, like the, the playing of the golf. It's kind of funny. Like, I'll sneaky like I don't I've I've been I've traveled without a belt for a long time and I've and I just kind of like I don't know I just try and like not let people notice I guess you the, know the belt rule is made up and the the wildest outfit decision Eric ever made on a golf course in my opinion at least in in my tenure at random golf club was uh we played P the Southern Hills the BGA championship in 2022 oh yeah this is intense and it poured it rained oh. like it never has. It was raining. Know? It was wet. And, uh, and this is the day after um, the championship. So this is the Monday after. And about six holes in, Eric is Wait, in a... Southern Hills is a 100-year-old private club in the middle of Oklahoma. And it's just the site of the PGA. Yeah, very private. They got this this pink sandstone tower. Um, it, everyone who was playing was was being very... You know, they, they were in that moment. And six holes in, Eric kind of motions me over and he's in a full basically rain suit so he has like the rain pants and he has like a full rain thing so you don't, you don't actually know what he's wearing and he just pulls the pants out a little bit and reveals he just has whitewashed jeans on in like a hoodie yeah and i wanted to take the rain pants off because it had stopped raining but i couldn't because i was wearing jeans <laughs> he looked like he was like gonna gonna take down the grandstands as soon as he was finished with his round like <laughs> which is fine and yeah. that's what's and what's wrong with, i mean the jeans that's a tough that's that's just tough to wear walking on a golf course for 18 holes in a pair of jeans like that's just, just not comfortable, comfortable jeans i don't know like i think 
I think part, <laughs> they were comfortable like, jeans. <laughs> you know, I've actually gotten into wearing rain pants a lot while golfing because you can wear whatever you want underneath them. <laughs> you can wear. I've worn sweatpants underneath them at a golf course, and like as long as it stays cold enough, no one will ever know. That's that's interesting. I've never gone there. I mean, I'm in LA, and so we rarely like if yeah. it rains, everybody just stays in the house because it's just, well, you know, you know, yeah. you've been here when it rains. You would never play <laughs> golf in the rain in, in LA. That's like that's like people would just look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think there's like a new golf outfit upon us here. I think it's something like, like something that looks like rain pants, like that. It just feels like sweatpants, but everyone identifies them as rain pants. It's kind of like a spy, like dress code hack, you know? It's almost like a, like a tech pants, like yeah. those, like those hiking tech pants. Like I've got a buddy. I've got a buddy that hikes exclusively in like hiking check pants yeah. and like that, that's his, that's his jam. And they, and they look dope. Like some are slim cut, some are a little wider, but they're all like hike technically, they're technically hiking pants and he, and he, get away with he loves the golf in them. They have the pockets. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. I wonder if you could wear that on a sunny day and be like, these are rain pants. You know, I these will say <laughs> what I do deeply, deeply case. <laughs> relate to is uh, I played golf this past weekend at just a muni in town. And just over the last, I don't know, year, however long, a lot of the golf I've been playing, I've been at courses where I have to wear a collar, where I have to wear something nice. And I just went to my closet and started putting on clothes. And I put on like a very nice golf outfit. And then I was walking out of the house and I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, what the fuck? Like, first of all, who have you become? Yeah, what's happened? <laughs> and then second of all, like, why are you wearing that? Like, I'm playing with two of my friends at, at you know, local Austin thing. So I went upstairs and I threw a t-shirt on and I threw shorts on. <laughs> it was like, oh. <laughs> it was, like, oh. It was, it was like such a weird thing. It's just because we, we always go to these courses. You train yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of one of these subtle laws. So, so like, in terms of, but, but, but you've obviously, have you, you've, you've put on a belt and you put on a collar. How do you make that work? So again, uh, I, I don't play at very nice places very often. And when I, I usually come in a hoodie and like I'll have a collar shirt underneath or I'll wear, I'll wear a blade, I'll wear a blade collar. Blade. Like that's, that's my, like, <laughs> that's, 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 that's my middle ground. It's like, all right, I'll wear a blade collar. Jojo, like, you okay, you guys blade. are cool with this. The collarless look? Yeah. Not too often. Uh, we, we should send you some of our stuff. If you don't like polos, you should try our tech polo. Because the one we make is is my favorite. It's pretty good. It's my favorite thing we've ever made, and and I pretty much exclusively wear that on the golf course now. Which one? Uh, I go. I don't do the printed. So we have like printed looks, and then we have the. Okay. I'm like a 75 <laughs> year old man, and our I don't know. I I wear like the blue one or the <laughs> yeah, pink. I'll wear the pink the one. Printed. I like the pink one a lot. The pink one's good. Yeah, the pink one's good. What I mean. That's good. You guys do good stuff. Your stuff looks great. By thanks, the way, thanks, man. What like what? So like, what would you like? So like you're gonna go play Augusta, you got to get dolled up. What's it gonna be? You don't want to. He doesn't even. He's that, not even want to answer the question. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't even know what that. I don't know what that outfit looks like. I don't know what hat to wear. Like you must have the Tiger I, Masters Edition shoes from like 2013. I do. I do. Um, those, I had those were my first like, pair of golf shoes. Were they really the yellow and green? That's amazing. By the way, the heaviest... Literally right across the room. Pull them out. Let's take a look at it. Those are the heaviest shoes ever made, right? 
Yeah, hold on. I'll go grab them. Yeah, okay, we got to see these. Have you seen these? I, I actually am not familiar with this. So, what do you mean these are your first ever golf this shoes? This is the first pair of golf shoes I ever bought. I think they came out r- the year after I started playing. And it's like, they're just filthy, dude. Oh, shit. Well, this is a, literally the original 2013 pair. Uh, I have them because they just they just re-released these. So, I have the, the re-release version as well. Like, still in the bag. Ooh. I'm getting and this excited. Is what, this is what they look like. Like oh this my is just God. like I just. Those. I mean, just a beautiful shoe. So this, so like I consider this the shoe, like the bridge between golf shoes and sneakers. Like this was the one that yeah. I think really changed the the dynamic of what a golf shoe could look like, at least for sneaker culture. There may have been something else in the in the tr- more traditional golf world. I don't know if Foot Joy or any of those guys were doing anything at the time. But that one is the one that I think kind of opened the eyes of sneaker culture into saying to take a look at golf shoes and go, oh, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Those those um, waterproof, great shoes. Yes, yeah, they're good. They're good shoes. They have they have the Nike Free Tech, which was huge at the time. So everybody was running in Nike Free back then. If you were if you were running at all, you ran in a pair of Nike Freeze. For the most part, they were mad comfortable. They had fly knit back then, which was a really big deal. So people were all like all in on all the tech that the shoes had. And the fact that they were just like tied to Tiger, which, you know, in 2013, he was, you know, still in a, in a, in a good space. So people looked at him in a different way. Yeah. So do you wear golf shoes now? Uh, yeah, I wear, I mean, mostly, again, mostly lifestyle stuff. Right. So I wear, um, the Puma Slipstream is really dope. Okay. Um, it's like, it's kind of like there. I have the regular Slipstream. Hold on, grab it real quick. So this is a, this is a Slipstream. This is, it's a, like an old school kind of shoe. This isn't the golf version. This is like the regular basketball version. Okay. But they did an integrated traction version of this. That's, that's really good. It's probably, I would say outside of like the Jordan 12 low, it's probably the best fitting uh functional performance golf shoe that's in the lifestyle space like the jordan 12 low is in my mind by far the best lifestyle golf sneaker uh performance wise it has the traditional cleats it has a zoom in the front and the back it's i mean it, it just you know shout out to tinker hatfield he just really made an amazing shoe back when he you know when he made it for jordan back all, all those years and converting it to a golf shoe they literally just put a golf plate on the bottom so it's just as good okay i like those shoes they look kind of old school yeah, the the slipstream is very has a very old school eighties kind of style to it. Like I think you would you I imagine you would be into these just as a shoe. Yeah. Just in general. I could fuck with And those. then like they just converted it to a golf shoe, so it kind of brings that that same energy. I tried to get you know how everyone has those like vintage Reeboks now? Like the white ones? Or yeah, the, yeah. Oh the, the, like the, the, the yeah. Yeah, that that's that's not my energy, but it's not mine either. There's a lot, ton of people I, out I there. I like rocking. it when I see people wearing them, but then whenever I go put them on my own feet, they just I don't like them at all. What is that? Yeah, have you too, noticed that? They're too thin for me. Thin. I, I have a pair of those, I think. You do, and I like yours, yeah. but I, when I put them on my feet, I don't like them anymore. Yeah, I've, I'm actually, you know, I think you told me to buy them at Kif. I, I did, I actually, because when you put them on your feet, I was like, those look great. And then I tried to buy them too, but then the, the everything went away. You had me rethinking the whole my whole opinion of the shoe. Now you got Hocus. That's funny. But you know I what mean, I mean? It could be the toe down. Sometimes the toe down, if the toe down doesn't look right to you personally, the side view looks better. And what the way you see your shoes is toe down. Yeah. Versus seeing them on somebody else is the side view. And so if the toe down doesn't, if you don't feel it toe down, 
then most people don't buy the shoe. Wait, I have a question, Jack. What are you uh what are you wearing right now? Ooh. <laughs> so right now I'm wearing a pair of Lusso slides. Ooh. <laughs> the old the corduroy joints. Yeah, I have a couple so of these remind me uh like I don't know how often you were in the hood as a kid, but they had these black corduroy shoes in the hood when you were a kid, like house shoes that everybody would wear. And so this this reminds me of those, but then now they have memory foam and they're a lot more comfortable. Yeah, those are good. I have the free and easy pair of those, the corduroy slides. Those they're good. Cool. I like those. They're good. Those are house shoes. They're so good. I find that sometimes my feet sweat in them now. Have you noticed that? I, I stopped wearing mine because of that. They get a little sweaty, a little and really, then, and then oh well, it's been it's been pretty chilly. Like I only wear them in I only wear them in the house. Like I don't right. wear them outside. I only wear them in the house. That's good. I wore them everywhere. I got became a problem. Well, um, <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. So so like, um, yeah, because I'm like thinking about this like toe down thing, and like versus the profile. It have yeah. you run into that in your in your own life where you like see a pair of shoes and you're like, oh, hell yeah. And then you put them on and you're like, no. What is that about? Yeah, they just, it's, I mean, it's, it's really your own perception. Cause like, if you feel like, if you feel like you have big feet, a shoe that's a little longer is going to look especially elongated from that perspective. Yeah. And so you're going to like, uh, nah, these don't work. It's why when you go into a shoe store, you see shoes like this. Every time you go into a shoe store, it's always in the perspective because that's how you, that's the majority of times, that's how you see shoes in the world. Unless you're looking at your own, you see them in a profile view. Right. They should almost, they should almost put them on the wall, toe down. Yeah. That, and that, but I, I think people would buy less shoes because you would be Whoa. more self-conscious of them. Yeah. Cause you think, yeah, that's crazy. That's not going to look right on Wait, me. It's almost like, are we wearing shoes for us or for other people? I'm not, I'm not here to answer those questions. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Um, what, uh, so like, so do you care about like when it comes to shoes and, and golf, like do you get very involved in like trying all of them and the technique and like, have you, have you tried the foot joys? Have you tried whatever, like echoes? What it, Like, are you into that or are you just kind of like, whatever, I like the look? No, I haven't tried the foot joys yet. I'm curious about them because everyone talks about them. They've been really comfortable. I just haven't just haven't bought a pair yet or I haven't seen a pair that really pulled me in um, enough to go to go like just to go spend money on them. Like I'm down to try them. I just I just haven't yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm open to it. But also like I don't I guess part of it is that I'm still in my golf renegade phase where anything that represents tradition, I want to find a way to to widen the the perspective of it and make it of, you know, use use the broader things that are on the broader end of the spectrum and make those more mainstream before adopting the traditionalist stuff, which is already there. People already accept it. It's already a part of the culture. How do I make the slipstream golf a part of the culture now? How yeah. do I make that a part of the conversation? Well, and probably, I mean, it, it would stand a reason. I mean, like you spent so much time focused on one way to like, dress your foot that it would seem strange for you to just abandon all of that when you get to golf, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I'm not opposed to wearing foot joys and wearing a more classical like saddleback or whatever it's called sort of, sort of shoe. Like I'm all, I'm all for it. I just, I would rather 
give exposure because of the platform that I have and the voice that I have and the community that I've been able to build, most of those people want to be able to wear what they want and they don't want to have to wear yeah. traditional shoes. And again, and again, this is not a knock at foot joy. I don't want to make it seem like I'm attacking sure. foot joy, but it's just more of like, oh, just again, allowing more voices into the conversation as yeah. opposed to making it a singular voice. I had, um, I've worn all sorts of shoes. Like I had, a, I had a deal with Adidas early on and I liked those. That was kind of back in the fly knit days and in the, uh, ultra boost, uh, they had just come out with like the yeah, ultra yeah. boost golf. Um, they yeah. had the, like, you know, they did the Ryder cup shoe. It was like the, uh, cross knit three sixties or something like that. Like, yeah, like the tour three sixty and tour stuff 360, like that. Yeah. yeah. My only problem with those is like, I have a, like I said, I have a wide foot. And so th those got a little uncomfortable after a while. And I, Got me, got me on the heel and then started kind of wearing whatever shoes, you know, Vans came out with a golf shoe. That was cool. It didn't really, I didn't really like the, the way it fit though. So I'm much more of like about the function there. And then, uh, when Buscemi did his foot joy collab, I started getting all these foot joy shoes and now I'm like on this foot joy list. So I started wearing those. And then I noticed like after, after four hours of walking, like my feet would hurt and then uh, one of my friends had these like kind of shoes I had never seen before. And I was like, what, what are those? And he's like, these are echoes. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Right. And I don't know. Do, do you, <laughs> do you follow much? Of, oh my God. Jojo's mic just broke. What happened? Knob came off. We need to. I got excited about the, the, the echoes. Is Tom Cruise in here this weekend? Fucking with shit. What's going on? <laughs> someone, someone, someone had a very hot take right <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> The mic is melting. Anyway, um, right, right. so I, I got into, I didn't realize Echo is the third largest shoe company in the world behind yes. uh, Nike and Adidas. So um, I know Echo, I, di I didn't necessarily know Echo from uh, like the shoes they manufactured perspective. I knew them more from the uh, like the outsoles and stuff that they make that a lot of independent creators use oh. to make their shoes. So they use a lot of parts from Echo to make their shoes. Interesting. It's like open source. It's like uh, it's like yeah. they're giving things to the world for development. Yeah, yeah, cool. and like a lot of those like independent sneaker companies and sneaker manufacturers, they use like Echo parts and pieces to help put together shoes that other like other like smaller manufacturers make their shoes out of, and a lot of it's like Echo piece, Echo and Vibram. That's cool. I started wearing the shoes. I just like got a pair and I was like, oh my God, these are, they're like stupid comfortable. I have to send you a pair. You should go online and pick and I'll just send you whatever you want. But like, I don't know, like, cause, cause for me it's like, and I don't know if you have this, but like, especially with things that touch your body, you know, there's really this like midpoint between function and form. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, sometimes I'm like, it just looks so good, but it feels terrible and vice versa. Yes. yes the, the Jordan one is a perfect example of that. Like all the tech is from the eighties, like literally 1985. And it's the, I would say easily one of the most uncomfortable shoes that you can wear all day long. And I, I literally buy where do I have a pair here? Gosh, let's see. Maybe I have, a pair. I don't know. I don't know where they are, but, I buy these insoles, there's these move insoles, and I put them inside of my Jordan ones just so I can wear them all day, just so I can wear them all day to make them more comfortable. It's almost like like an NBA player has the insoles that they put inside their shoes. Uh, 
And if you guys didn't know that all NBA players, they have insoles in their shoes. They don't wear the same shoes that we wear. They have special versions with like orthopedic insoles inside of them. Whoa. Uh, yeah. I didn't know and, that. Like expensive. They're like thousands of dollars for the, for these insoles. There's a, there was a story a few years ago. Uh, I forgot the player's name. He threw his shoes into the crowd, but forgot to take out his orthopedic insoles <laughs> and like went back after he realized he left his insoles in there, went back took his insoles out and gave the guy the shoes back. He's like, got nah, back the shoes. I need those back. <laughs> Cause they're yeah, but I, mean, I, I get it completely. I get it completely. Like if, if like if they, they, they find that balance for you between form and function, like that's the ultimate shoe that, that, that looks good and makes you feel good. Yeah. But then it's also comfortable and performs with you on the level that you need to perform. So, so how like, cause there are times where I'm like, I got to fit going. I don't care how uncomfortable these things are. Like it is happening tonight. You know what I mean? And then like, it's like 2 a.m. and you're like, I, I just, I can't stand anymore. I, I, I need to sit down. I, I, does someone have a pair of shoes I can borrow? Like, how often do you end up making a fashion decision that you regret, or, or, or like, how often are you like sticking up for ugly shoes that just feel comfortable? Uh, I mean, it's it's a fifty fifty. Sometimes I'll wear something that I was like, I know I shouldn't have these on. Like, either they're like they they fit too tight, even though it's my size. But I've been trying to get them off for as long as I can think. And I finally <laughs> found a fit to get them off. And so it's like, ah, I'll struggle through this. Um, or even like the original. So the original and uh, Jordan brand is probably going to hate me for telling this story, but like the first Jordan fours that they released, they were cut a little tighter than they should have been. And so like, if you're walking around in a Jordan four golf shoe, like that first set, they were tight. And like, I've had, I have buddies that literally like, went like five or six holes and was like, I can't wear these and like took them off and gave them away. Like Whoa. literally gave them away. My buddy, Ken Weimer, he tells a story all the time. Cause I like, they, they got it right on the later Jordan four golf shoes, but he tells a story every time I wear them. He's like, yo, I, 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 could, I, I won't even buy a pair now just because those are so uncomfortable. He literally took them off on the course and gave them away and took out another pair that he had in his car and put those on. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's bad. Part hey. of it is, you know, I heard um, this one, this one, uh, he was the old shoe designer at Nike. I can't remember his name, Mike. I can't remember his name, but I met him. And he left Nike, and his thesis was that all of Tiger's problems came from his shoes. Which is to say, I mean, you know, a golf shoe is kind wow. of unique, right? Because you're, you're, you're spending some of the time playing golf, twisting. So you want that lateral stability. You want, traction on that like side spin kind of thing but also you want that front foot to be able to kind of open up because that's going through a lot of force and then the rest of the time you're walking five miles or so right so it's like yeah. what's what's the shoe for you almost need two shoes like you need a shoe to swing in and then change and then and then walk you know a quarter mile and then put on another pair of shoes to swing in this is genius and the guy mike was saying and he developed a shoe with you know akbar from Seamus golf he Akbar made these like golf moccasins that were like called the feel freeze. And they were like, did you, ever, I have, I don't know where I've never seen went. one in person. I think I have them in my house, but it was like, I need to look this up, dude. It was like this, like literally it was like a leather sock that had a very thin, like maybe an eighth of an inch vibram sole. And I mean, hmm. you would lace them up and you kind of looked like you were, um, you know, about to do like karate. Like it did not, it did not look like you were going to play golf. 
And, you know, God That's bless uh, Akbar for making these, but, you know, they were very strange looking. To say the very least, very strange looking. Very strange looking. I mean, that's like, that's, I mean, the free. That's essentially what the TW thirteen was. It was on that that free outsole, the Nike free outsole. So that's yeah. interesting that they went back to that tech. And I assumed that because they started to go away from it as they got further away from the thirteen, like the free aspect of it was got less and less. Uh, now I don't know if that was a Nike business decision of we're moving into a new technology and free just isn't it for us anymore, which you know they they do because you know oh we we've got a deal for Zoom pods for for the next five years so we're gonna push Zoom as part of the you know part of the future yeah. so I don't know if like that kind of went away because I assumed that the free was better like it was designed by uh, like the two W thirteen was designed by to- Toby Hatfield okay which is Tinker Hatfield's brother. Um, and it was just, it was a perfect shoe in my opinion. Like I, it felt great. Like it had the, it had the movement and, you know, for the little bit that I did know about golf in 2013, it seemed like, Oh, okay, this fits, this ticks all the boxes. Like it's, it has a stable upper. It, does, it doesn't have a Nike free upper. It has a waterproof like upper that kind of keeps you locked into the shoe. So your foot doesn't move around too much. It has the free. So you do have, the ability to move from heel to toe and the toe to heel transition is all there and it's broken up and segmented. So I, from my perspective, I'm like, Oh, this is a really great golf shoe. And even now the, you know, having a better understanding of golf, I'm not, I don't know the mechanics uh, of everything in golf, but it seems like the free sort of template is great for golf. So, you know, he, he, he might be right. Cause tiger didn't wear the free, but three years of the 27 that he's golfed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I get off on my nerdy snoo- shoe rant. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that. I, uh, yeah, uh, no comment. <laughs> we, we trust you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, it, when you said Tinker Hatfield, I kind of was like, who is Tinker Hatfield? Sounds like a golf architect. <laughs> I thought it was like a, I was assuming it was like a, um, a young child actor who then pursued a career in, I don't know. Um, what, uh, do you have any questions for me, Jacques? Uh, I, I have all kinds of questions well, for you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're appropriate for the podcast. Go but ahead. I have no, questions. Fuck it. This is an old segment of the pod. I used to close out every pod and it was a joke. Like I would ask Michelle, Wee at the end of the podcast, I'd be like, do you have any questions for me? And she'd be like, uh, no. And I'm like, cool. Thanks for coming on the show. And it was kind of a joke, but then I found out <laughs> sometimes people do have questions. Let's go. You have a question. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, talk to me at Random Golf Club. Like, why? <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> why? Uh, I mean, you know, I guess there's like a, a, a rifle through a couple answers. One is um, I don't really, you know, know how to do anything else, I guess. You know, um, I think I just became obsessed with golf. And then I became obsessed with golf being unwelcoming. And then I became obsessed with telling golf videos, telling golf stories through videos. And then all those things kind of like wrapped up into this joke that I had while leaving, um, you know, like a a golf course in LA. And I was like, man, it'd be funny if we made a club and called it random golf club where anyone could play golf with anyone else, anywhere, anytime. And that's just kind of like, um, you know, like I'm not done yet. I don't know. You know, like there's still, as long as there's more to do, I'll just keep going, I guess. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, last year was like our best year ever. We learned more than I ever thought I could in one year. And I saw so many things happen that was like, 
God, this is just, it makes me feel good, you know, and that's kind of why I'm here. So it, to, to, to sort of bring that out into the world, into the world of bring golf. And yeah. I'd love for you to come to one of our events and just like there, it's like, it's, it's everything you want to see in the game. I love that. I love that. Um, do you think you'll ever go back to like feature films and TV? Um, probably not. I'd like to write a book though. I disagree. Why, I'm going to make them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make them. Like 20 years from now, I'm going to be making a movie and I'm going to bring Eric on as a script consultant. <laughs> a scripty? Yeah. Fuck that. A scripty. <laughs> I, know, I know what a scripty does. They make sure people say their lines. I'm not doing that. So no, what, I, what's Joe, your I'll come help. To it. Executive producer. I, I'll be an EP. UDP something, right? Yeah. You know what an yeah, EP does, EP right? for sure. What does an EP do? An EP comes in and tells you just everything you're doing wrong and then they leave. <laughs> So what's your what's your opposition to it? Um, I don't know. I think uh, I think in a movie you have like limitations. In a book, it's like infinite possibility. You know, you can you can build anything in a book, and and you can go travel through time, and you can, you know, uh, all, all you really need is. Um, you know, to, to write it kind of, you know, I mean, that sounds like an oversimplification, but like, I think also because I'm just more interested in, in, in like the process of writing, it's, I feel like it's much more personal. Um, and I've always been that guy who never, I never read, you know, I mostly just watch movies. And I think, um, I happened to read a port. I didn't read the whole thing, but I happened to read a portion of, um, uh, God, what was that movie that just came out? Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, I, I read like a third of it. <laughs> and when I went to see the movie, I was like, ah, the book was better. And I hate when people say that, but I think if you, I've become obsessed with reading, I guess is what I'm saying. Got it, got it. And do you think that is because, and tell me when to stop asking questions because no, okay. I can go for like the next 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> this is your show. <laughs> no, legit, legit. Yeah, well, welcome to the welcome to the Random Golf Podcast. Huh? <laughs> Jock Slade's your, uh, your, your part-time host, X away on vacation. And I'm here this week. <laughs> so, um, do you feel like when people say the, the book was better, is that because you created a narrative in your head of what this was going to be versus what the movie is? Or do you just feel like the text provided so much more depth than you can ever get inside of a movie. Well, I think, you know, when, when you're re like, so, okay. So like, um, you know, um, however many words you can read per minute is essentially, um, the amount of like bits of information, right? So if you can read 60 words a minute, you can get 60 bits of information a minute, but visually it's like closer to 10 million right? Like there's, there's all these things happening, even like peripherally, like I can kind of still even see my hands right here. And, um, and then there's the, 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 the ability to like have feelings and thoughts. And then there's like the, the senses of smelling and tasting and touching. So all in all that makes up like 12 million bits. But like the idea that when you read, it's like looking through a keyhole as far as consciousness is concerned. So the idea that you would mm. be reading, it's almost like you're sucking uh, like, a, like a warehouse full of um, you know, peanut butter through a straw. And like 
everything that you read, the, the word choices are so critical. And from that, you develop an image. Like I was reading The Old Man and the Sea over the weekend, and there was just this like image that just hits you. And it's about the old man uh, working in Africa, looking at the shore with lions playing on the beach at sunset. And it's obviously worded way better, but it's like, bam, I have an image. And it is better than any movie could ever capture because the big problem with the movie is that it's stuck on a screen somewhere or you're listening to some fucking audio that you might not want to listen to. But in this like two sentences, I was immediately transported to, I don't know, 70, 80, 100 years ago, look, looking at a, a perfect moving image that kind of like, it didn't even have time. Like it wasn't a frame rate. It was just like, it was just, a th it was VR. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I think the work that your brain has to do to create that is part of the collaboration of reading. Got it. The only reason I, I, I'm digging that deep in, into that, just because I, I find it interesting that you say you want to do a book instead of visual, because I feel like you paint those pictures at the beginning of every random golf club video. Like you do that when you're explaining, like we're going, we're going to to Scotland to this random island to play golf with these people, and they keep it up themselves, like you tell that story through your introduction and like you visually paint that picture as well. So it was like, for me, it's like, I, it's like, you're already like, you do that, like the TV movie thing is like, okay, like how do you bring that part of Eric into the TV and movie world that I see through the YouTube video? So that's the reason why I was asking, I asked those question. So thank you. So w one of the books I'm reading now is called um, range and it's called why generalists triumph in a specialized world. And so the idea is like, um, uh, the idea is like, you know, typically the more languages, not like actual languages like Spanish or English, but the more, the more things that you can talk about means the more people you can connect with. And so like generalism is kind of like, um, you can be pretty good at sneakers and pretty good at making videos. And all of a sudden, boom, you got a fucking job. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you've got yeah, something yeah. unique. Yeah. You've got something special. For me, it was pretty good at making videos, pretty good at like kind of being on camera and then like love. And, and I was one of the only people doing it in golf at the time. And so it was like that resulted in a, in a job for me. And so I think now I'm like, I'll, I'll always really like that idea of something new. And so for me, like the idea of writing a book is like a fucking joke, honestly. Like I couldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like that's, I don't know how to do that. But I think that's part of like, you know, when you travel to a place, it's it's called upon you to like um, be aware and be attentive and put everything into that moment while you're traveling there. You know, like like you're going to yeah. go the extra mile when you're on a trip because it's all new. And, you know, so I think for me, part of it is just the newness of it all. And it's just like, what is this? What is this uh, like to do that? Jojo, Jojo's taking notes like cut all of this from the podcast. <laughs> cut all of this. Don't don't put any. I'm of gonna this front in the load it. Delete, delete. This delete part will the start the podcast. <laughs>